Man, it is so, so good to be with you guys. Welcome. Uh, for those of you that I may not have had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. And I just want to say thanks so much for welcoming me back. I, uh, this past month, I've been off work because I have been, uh, I just had a baby. Well, and it's the best. Uh, yeah, my, actually, my wife, Kayla, had the baby. But, uh, yeah, that's how it works. Uh, they're, uh, they're in that room over there, and they're listening. Uh, but they'll say hi after program. But I have a beautiful, beautiful baby girl named Glory, and she's the best. Uh, and so that being said, I've really missed you guys, and so it's good to be back home with you guys. Uh, and I, I love being here on Wednesday nights with CA students. So it's good to be with you guys. Thanks for welcoming me back. I'm so excited about this next part of program. This is the part of program where we open up God's word. Come on. And uh, we do this every week. And the reason that we do this is we believe that the Bible is God's word. It's authoritative. It's reliable. And when we read it, God speaks to us and changes our life. And so if you're anything like me, you want as much of that as you can get, <laughs> and so that's why we prioritize it and read it every week together. And this week, we find ourselves in a series called Culture Shift. Oh, baby, called Culture Shift. Jake, Jake kicked off this series last week, uh, and the, the reason we want to talk about this is Christianity is not primarily about just trying to do all the right things but rather it's about becoming the right kinds of people empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you are the right kinds of people, the right kinds of things flow out of you naturally, right? And that's, that's really the goal. How do we get there? A huge part of it is cultivating a culture in which we live. Did you know that you have profound influence on CA students' culture? The things, the things that you say or don't say, the things that you do or don't do, you shape this little world, this little microcosm of CA students, you influence the culture here. And so we want to shift our culture. We want to shift away from anything that is of this world that is uh, selfish, and we want to shift to the culture of the kingdom of God, right, that is all about the glory of Jesus and the life that he's come to bring our world. Amen? Amen. That's, that's the kind of culture I want to be in all the time. And so we are learning how do we shift into a kingdom culture. Because the thing is, we don't, we don't want to obey God like it's a chore. We want to love God and let obedience flow from us naturally, right? Because you can obey God without loving him, but you can't love him without obeying him, right? We want, we want to be a culture where that flows naturally. And so last week, Jake talked about cultivating a culture of faith. And I'm so excited. We're going to continue to talk about that tonight. Jake told, taught us that having a culture of faith believes that God can God does, and God will. Say it with me. God can, God does, and God will, right? A lot of people stop with believing that God can. But a culture of faith says, and God does, and God will, and I'm going to see it happen. You know, we want to move from believing just that God can do something to believing that he will do something. We're going to talk a little bit more about faith tonight. But to kind of get us... Uh, there, I want to ask a question. Have you guys ever had to, like, if you've gone to a restaurant, whether it's fast food or not, have you ever had to pay for your own food? I'm sure a lot of you have. It sucks. Right? Like, paying, 
paying for your own food at a restaurant, it sucks, right? It, if, if you're anything like me, it changes the way you order. It's like, oh, I'm paying for this? Okay, I'm getting water. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, what gives me the most food, right? What item on the menu is quantity over quality, right? When, when I'm paying for my own food and I go to In-N-Out, this is my order. I get water. I put a little lemon in it. Why? Because it's free. And also, I get two single cheeseburgers. Levi, why would you do that? There's such a thing as a double-double. It's because it's the bread that fills you up. <laughs> so I get two singles, and then I get fries. And I love In-N-Out. I order, and I enjoy it, and it fills me up. Praise God. However, if I go to In-N-Out with my family, and my father is paying for In-N-Out... <laughs> Yes, please, I will get two double-doubles. And yes, I will still get fries. I will get them animal style. Oh, did someone say a milkshake? Uh-huh, I want that too, right? And, and when, when I know that my father is paying the bill, I'll go in, right? When, and, and I'll do that because I know that my father is in a financial position to accommodate my wants, needs, and desires. And I know that he loves me. And he doesn't just want to provide for me. He wants to provide for me abundantly, right? So what I'm saying is when I know that someone else's power and love is involved, it changes the way I order my food. And if I know that someone else's power and love is involved in the situation, just maybe that's going to change the way that I live, right? CA students, we're talking about faith tonight. We're not just talking about any kind of faith. We're talking about a bold faith. We're talking about a faith that steps into it and says, I want everything that God has for me. Because it's bold faith that's going to lead us to action. So we're going to talk about bold faith that leads us to bold prayers and bold action. And it's all within the context of a relationship with our God. Does that sound all right tonight? Let, let, would you guys pray with me and ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here with us even in this moment. That's mind-blowing. That's so hopeful. So, God, I pray that as we come to your word, would you speak to, to us through it? Would your Holy Spirit enliven these pages? Would you speak to us, show us things about who you are that we had never known before or we hadn't known to that depth before? And God, may it not stop at knowledge, but that would that knowledge lead to faith and would that faith lead to action? We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I want to I put forth this idea that faith only exists within relationships. Faith only exists within relationships. I'll give you an example. I have a very long-standing, very committed relationship with gravity, right? It is, it is so constant to me, right? It treats me the same every day. I, I know how gravity feels about me, right? When I jump, it's going to pull me back down. When, when, I, when I throw something, it's going to drop. You know, like, gravity is consistent in my relationship. Can I get an amen? Amen! It's the same yesterday, today, and almost forever, right? Like, gravity is the same. And in my relationship with gravity, I've experienced it to be consistent. And so, you know what? I have a lot of faith in, I have a lot of faith in gravity. You know, like, I really believe in it. I really believe it's going to affect me right now and in the future, right? But I also have a relationship with my beautiful, loving wife, Kayla, right? And Kayla is so consistent to me. You, we can't see her, but she can see me through here. And Kayla, I know that when I, when, when I come home every day from work, I don't have to wonder. I know that you are going to greet me with a smile, with an I love you, and a wonderful kiss. And I know, I know that you're going to love me. I don't have to come home wondering how you feel about me. 
And it's because of the experience of that relationship that I can have faith in Kayla. I know who she is. I know how she's going to act on my behalf. Thank you, and I love you. <laughs> and so you, you, guys can see, you guys can see where I'm going, right? I, I have a relationship with our God, and I have experienced him over and over and over again. I know that he is good to me. And so it's within that context of relationship, of knowing who he is, that allows me to have faith in him. Does that make sense? So if faith only exists within the context of relationship, what that means is your faith will be as limited or as limitless as your intimacy with God. Your faith will be as limited or as limitless as your intimacy with God. You want more faith? Get to know our God because he doesn't disappoint. You want more faith? You want more boldness? Get to know our God because he will not let you down. And so I want to talk just, I want to draw out two main points about who our God is that I think is going to lift our faith. Does that sound all right? So on one hand, literally, God is king. It is very hard to write left-handed. Bam. On one hand, God is our king. And what does it mean that our God is king? It means that he's powerful. God is our king, so he's powerful. He has authority. What that means is that what he says goes. What he says happens. You don't have to read very far in the Bible to see this in action. It's the first page. He's, all he did was say things, and the world was created. That, that's how powerful he is. He literally spoke, and solar systems came into being. What our God says is what goes. What he does is what happens, right? I, I, I love the verse, Job chapter 42, verse 2. Job says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Come on. No purpose of our God can be thwarted. What he says goes, our God is king. And so he is powerful. He's the boss. He's sovereign. He's in charge, right? So on one hand, God is our king. And on the other hand, God is our father. Come on. God is our father. What does it mean that God is our father? It means that he's loving, right? God is our father, so he is loving. What does it mean that God is loving? What does it mean that God loves us? It means that he wills good for you. He wants good for your life. He's going to do what it takes in order that you can experience good, that you can be safe, that you can be provided for. He wills that for your life. I love this verse from uh, the book of 1 John, chapter 3. Uh, and John is saying, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. And it's like his, he's blowing his own mind. That we should be called cheered children of God. That's what we are. Boy, that blows my mind. That we are children of, did, fun fact, you didn't start off as a children of God, as a child of God. <laughs> you definitely didn't start off as a children of God. We, when you, you're a creation of God, you're made in God's image, but, but you're actually, when you're in sin, you're God's enemy. But God loves us so much that he died for his enemies, and he adopts us into his family. So if you have said yes to Jesus, you've moved from being God's enemy to being God's child, to being his son or daughter, and that means he loves you like a son or a daughter. 
He is our Father. So if God is our King and our Father, the question is where does our boldness, where does our faith come from? Because here's the thing. If he was a king, but he wasn't a father, that means that he'd be able to do anything, but we wouldn't be able to ask him for it. Because we wouldn't have the right. We're just like sinful peasants, the worst kind of peasants, right? And, and he's the king. You don't have the right to go before the king. And, and in fact, before you've been saved by him, you're his enemy, and he wields all power. That's a scary situation, right? But if he was just a father but not a king, yeah, he would love you a lot, and that'd be awesome. But you know what? It actually wouldn't matter. Because if he was only father and not king, he wouldn't be powerful enough to do anything about it. So he'd love you, but that's nice. Okay. But here's the thing. This is the whole sermon. You ready? Watch this. The way that we can act and the way that we can pray with boldness is when we bring our hands together. <laughs> I think my mic is falling off my body. Where's Aiden? I need help. Is this going to work? That was a really cool moment. Just stay in that moment while I fix this mic. Did it work? Is it dang? Can you, how's that? Look at the Lord. Look at the Lord. Let's, re, let's reenact this. Oh. I quit. Okay. We're just going to do the visual one more time. The way that we can have faith. <laughs> Is when we, the way that we can pray bold prayers, the way that we can live bold lives, is when we bring our hands together. That's very good. So here's the thing. Now that we know that God is both our Father and our King, what that means is that He's powerful and he's loving. What that means is that he wills your good and he has the power to enact it in your life. So it's not that he's some powerless person that loves you and that's nice, but it doesn't matter. And it's not that he's this powerful person, but we don't know how he feels about us. He is the all-powerful God of the universe and we already know how he feels about us. We already know his will for us, which is our good. So because we have a father king who wills good for us and has the power to affect that good in our lives, this is what it means. We get to live a life asking God for what we need in faith. And we can have confidence knowing that he's a good father that loves to take care of his children and he has the power and authority to do it. You know, God knows that we're going to be in need. Do you know that? He's not taken by surprise by our need. He knows that we live in a world that because of the rebellious free will of humans and of spiritual beings and rebellion against God, that this world has been very broken. He knows that that's the kind of world that we live in, and that kind of world affects us. He knows we're going to need him. But not just that, but he is on a mission to save exactly that world. Oh, and by the way, that's exactly the mission that you've been invited into, and that's a God-sized mission, so he knows you're going to need his help fulfilling that. God knows that we are going to need his help. We're going to need his power and his love to get through this. That's not the question. The question is, are you going to bring your need to God in faith? Here's the thing. It's not, it's not like insulting to God to ask 
big prayers and to take big risks of faith, it's not insulting to him to do that. It's worship. It's saying, I would only do this, I would only bring this request of boldness and of great difficulty to you if I believed that you were of a greater power and a greater love. That's a declaration of worship of who God is. And I'm actually starting to believe that like weak prayers and a life of weak faith might actually offend God. And here's why I think that. First of all, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So that's quick. You know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a quick way to come to that conclusion. But it's not an inconvenience to God for us to ask him. It's not inconsiderate for us to ask him for things. It's worship. Because it's saying, I believe that you're bigger than what I'm facing. Right? Here's the thing. It's impossible to please God without faith. Because living by faith is the only way to access the kind of life that he paid everything to secure for you. It's the only way to step into the eternal life. It's the only way to step into the life that he paid everything to secure for you. It's like if someone got you the most expensive, extravagant gift that cost them everything and you didn't open it. That, that's what living a life without faith is like. Because he, he, he's done it all. He's paid for our sins. He's and not just paid for our sins, but he's paid for our eternal life on the other side of it. He's paid for a life empowered by his spirit. Dare we choose to live without it? Are we living lives worthy of the price that Jesus paid is the real question. Are we living with that kind of faith? You know, I have a baby girl named Glory. I mentioned that, but I like mentioning it because I like her, right? She's awesome, right? And if she grows up, or she's going to grow up. When she grows up, if she, was, if, she was, if she was to ask me for something small when she had a big need, I would wonder what she didn't understand about me. Right? I would say, like, baby girl, like, don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that I'm able to provide for you, to take care of what you need? It's impossible to please God without faith because if you don't have faith, you don't have an accurate understanding of who God is. That's what it all comes down to. And so I'm, I'm sure some of you are thinking like, man, that's awesome. I want to have more faith, but I just don't feel like I have faith. And, and here's the thing. When you, when you have faith, what that does is that shifts your belief to believe that God is going to encounter you. And if you believe that God is going to encounter you, you're going to put yourself into situations where you're open to be encountered by Jesus. And when you do that, you're going to be encountered by God. And then that is going to increase your faith. And then, oh, look, we're back here. And it's a cycle that keeps growing and growing and growing faith and experience and belief and faith and experience, right? But unfortunately, there's a reverse cycle as well, where if you don't have any faith, you don't believe that God is going to meet you. If you don't believe that God is going to meet you, why would you take any risks? And if you don't take any risks, guess what? You're giving God no space in your life to prove himself. And if you don't give God any space in your life to prove himself, why are we surprised when you don't see him? And if you don't see him, why would you have any reason to step out next time? Right? See, hey, students, here's the good news. The cycle of no faith can be broken. The cycle of no faith can be broken. How? And it will be broken. Come on. In Jesus' name. How do we break the cycle of no faith? There's only one way, and you have to take a risk. You have to jump out there. 
You have to pray bold, big prayers. You have to take risks in conversations with your friends. you got to bring up God with your friends, or else you're just going to keep talking about the things you always talk about, right? You're never going to steer the direction. God's not going to come up in a conversation unless you bring him in 90% of the time, 95. No math major. Yes, I am. See, students, Jake talked about this last week. The way that we activate and grow in our faith is by taking risks. Because when we take a risk, we set up a stage for God to display his faithfulness to us. It's, it's creating a space in our lives for God to prove himself, and then that's only going to grow our faith. You have to take a risk. We want to form a culture of faith here at CA Students, a culture of bold faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, notice the order of this, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, if you ask me, that sounds kind of backwards. I would be like, and when you receive it, you can believe that it would be yours. But no, that's not what he says. He says, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You know, the world says, I'll believe it when I see it, Faith says, I'll see it because I believed it. The order of things are different. You have to step out in faith first in order to have space for God to meet you. It's, it's not God's fault if we don't give him space in our lives to prove himself. We're like, oh, I don't see God moving. I don't see God moving. Did, did, you, did you step out in faith? Did you, did you pray a big prayer? Did you give him a space in your life to do that? You see, faith is not just believing that God can. It's believing that he will and jumping off the cliff. If, you know, I believe that God could make it rain. If I believed that he would, I'd carry around an umbrella. Right? What, what, how are we going to live differently? Because we don't just believe that God can, but we believe that he will. CA students, how would we believe differently if we didn't just believe that, you know, maybe a friend or two might come to Jesus, but we believe that by the power of God in us, that he wants to use us to bring Jesus to our schools. How would we live differently? What's the umbrella you need to pick up, CA students, to believe that God is going to bring the rain? What do we need to do, CA students, to live that out? You see, faith is not just believing that God can, it's believing that he will. Faith is closing the gap between having the answers and taking the action. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know what it, how it's going to paint itself out. But I know that God's going to get me there, so I'm going to take the step. I don't, I don't have the answers yet, but I'm not going to let that stop me from taking action. I don't know how many people are going to come to open space, but we're going to put it on, right, Olivia and Jimmy? I don't, I don't know how many people are going to do this, but I'm going to take the step of faith. It's the order of things that change. When you believe that you've received it, then it's yours. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. So let us come scared to God. No. Let us come, you know, like tentatively to God. No, let us come boldly to God. So if, if you're like me, you think like, man, that feels kind of disrespectful. Until you remember that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. 
So maybe coming boldly is a part of pleasing God. Maybe praying the big prayers is actually how we see God move. Maybe, there, maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Maybe the Bible just says that. You know? Guys, we want to see God move. We need to take the step to see him there. I love my, my wife, Kayla, she talks about big faith prayers. She, she says, you always have to have at least one big faith prayer happen in your life. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's so powerful. And that helps me and that guides me in having prayers for my friends and for the city around me. But I want us, what I really want is for, I want us to get a place, get to a place of being like where the big faith prayer title becomes like, you mean like a prayer? Like, like those things that I pray? Because to be honest, see, students, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. And, 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 I, and I know not all of us are there yet, but, but I think together we can get there as we cultivate this culture of faith together. But for now, see, students, what's your big faith prayer? What, 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 what do you need to pray about that you never thought was possible before? But you're like, you know what? I actually believe that my God is good that he loves me, that he's all-powerful. And if those things are true, then I need to pray for this. I need to pray for this to happen. Maybe you need to have some big faith prayers and some big faith risks with some members of your family. Talking to them about the love and grace of Jesus. Maybe there are some other relationships in your life. You need to take a risk of bringing God into the conversation with some friends at school. Because you know that without you in the conversation, it's not going to come up. Maybe it's a dating relationship that you're in, and you're like, man, I just know that this is not honoring God, and I don't know how it's going to shake up or shake out, but I know that I can't be in this right now. How would it change the way that we tell people about Jesus? Hint, more. It would happen more because we don't just believe that it's about our articulateness or our ability, but we believe that it's the Spirit of God in us speaking to people how would it change the way that we worship i know that a lot of people you guys have done these different kinds of fasts where like you stay off of social media or you stop uh going on video games or something did you know fasting is actually not eating food and there and there's a powerful experience of god that you can cultivate when you fast food i i, I just wonder who wants it who, who wants the presence of god that's going to be willing to do these things See, students, you can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of God as you want. Are you willing to open up the space for him in your life? Are you willing to open up the space for him with your money? Like, you know what? My job, my, my savings are not my provider. God's my provider. This money is a gift from him, and it's not primarily for me. What, what, about, what about the way that we believe about our sexuality? You're like, you know, God, I actually believe that your design is best. And so I'm going to stop looking at everyone as though they were a potential sexual partner and instead see them as beautiful image bearers of the king. How would it change the way that we pursued spiritual gifts? I just got to tell a brief story. There was a time where there's this one spiritual gift called speaking in tongues. And it's like this prayer language that you have with God. 
And it's a gift that I had wanted, but I had never had before. And I had prayed for it multiple times before with other people, and I just never felt like God had given it to me before. And to be honest, I had lost the belief that God would give it to me. I believed that he could give it to me, but I didn't believe he was going to. And I, and I shared about my lack of faith with my brother Jake. And Jake's going to pray for you, you know. <laughs> and, and, and Jake, Jake's like, let's pray for this, man. And so he was praying for me, and I was praying that God would give me this gift. And, and I, I was so hesitant. I didn't want to, like, speak out loud because I didn't want to fake it, you know. And I think that's a good desire. But then I just heard the Spirit of God speak to me so clearly and say, Levi, if you never speak, you definitely won't speak in tongues. And so I said, okay. I'm going to go for it. And I started speaking. And I believe in that moment, God gave me the gift of tongues. But see, students, I, I wonder how many other blanks you could fill in. Unless, until you speak to your friend, you're not going to tell them about the gospel. Until, until you tie the church, you're not going to give money generously. Until you do this, you're not going to do the life that God's calling us to live. Not in a chore way, but in an abundant freedom way. And see, students, I just need say, man, I'm not, I'm not oblivious. There have been times where I've prayed for things according to God's will. I've taken steps of faith for God's will, and things didn't shake out the way I thought they would. The, the person I prayed for didn't get healed. The, the, my friend that I was sharing faith with, they didn't decide to follow Jesus. And I did these things in faith. And so how are we supposed to respond when, when we see these things and they don't shake out the way they thought we, would, we thought they would? And I want to start this by saying that I don't have all the answers, but I do have some thoughts and beliefs that I think the Holy Spirit has given. I don't always know why the things we pray for, the things we step out in faith to see, don't happen. But one thing I know for sure is that God doesn't always overpower free will, right? And so there are sometimes, like, let's say I'm praying for my friend and talking to my friend, trying to, uh, I want him to believe in Jesus, to submit his life to him and follow him into freedom. Well, the thing is that God so honors free will that he's not always going to override it. And so a huge component to my friend coming to Christ is whether or not my friend is going to choose to humble himself and choose to follow Christ. It's not like God's just going to come over him and force him to do it. You know what I mean? There is human free will that's involved. How do I know that God values free will? Just look at the Garden of Eden. He values free will so much that he let humanity ruin the good world that he made. Why does he value free, free will so much? It's because without free will, love becomes automatic instead of a choice. And he values true love, being able to love him in return so much. And because he values free will, we live in a complex system of people with free will and spiritual beings that have free will in rebellion against God. And so it's not always so simple, right? And so sometimes it's not that it just didn't happen. It's that we need to keep praying and we need to keep being kind. We need to keep being loving. We need to keep sharing about Christ. It's because we're at war, right, with spiritual evil in the world and God is involved in making this come to pass. Now, here's the thing. You're either going to hear that and you're going to let it be a cop-out and saying, because God doesn't make it happen every time, I'm not going to take the risk. And I will promise that if you do that, you won't see the power of God in your life. On the other hand, you will say, I know we live in a complex system of free will, but I also know 
that my God is the Father King who loves me, who wills good for me, who has the power to bring it about. And so I'm going to step out in faith and believe that he does act in power in my life. And CA students, if you do that, I promise you, you will experience the power of God in your life. You, I'm not going to give you the details of how it's going to happen every time, but if you do that, if you make it a culture, you will see the power of God move in your life. See, students, what's your big faith prayer? What's your big faith risk that you need to take in your life? We want to continue to shift our culture away from safe, boring Christianity to activated faith. You know, God wants us to bring our big prayers and our big risks to him. It doesn't it doesn't, uh, it doesn't offend him. It honors him. It's worship. And it's the only way to please him because it's the only way to step into the life that he paid everything to secure for us. And let's remember that we can come with boldness before our Father King God who loves us and has the power to will the best for us.